You are listening to I-35 Radio Rep's production of The Scorched Earth, written by Bruce R. Coleman. Episode 6, Dreams. I don't know why, but I slept remarkably well that night. A deep, deep sleep. Exhaustion had certainly set in. We'd all been through a series of events that night that had rattled us to the core. The siege on the country boy, and realizing the action probably originated from the refinery. The near attack by the strange animal out in the night. Discovering my improbable link to our beautiful stranger. Unveiling a long, hidden power that lay dormant for so many years. Maybe I was still in shock, who knows. But this I do know. A gigantic weight had been removed, lifted from my shoulders. I revealed something deep about myself that I had spent years trying to bury. My secret. The thing that set me so far apart from everyone I ever knew, except my parents. And the revelation set me free. Looking into Micah's eyes, I felt safe. I I felt a kindred spirit. I felt powerful. And in some ways, at peace. Only thing, deep into the night, while I slept, I was visited by dreams. A cold room. An ancient woman. Horrible objects receding into the dark corners. Unsettling. And yet, I felt powerful. You doing all right out here, Micah? Yes, Peter. I'm trying to memorize it all. The moon and stars, the way the air tastes, the smell of the lake. It's hard, and it's all brand new to me. It is beautiful, isn't it? I tell you, one of my favorite things is just to sit outside after dark and look up at the stars, especially when I got a lot on my mind, which is most nights. This speaks to you? Oh, yes. I need certain things I can count on in my life. Things like a Texas sunset. Sure, we get some rain, but mostly you can look out over the horizon and see a million miles of green and blue, purple and orange. It gives me hope sometimes, when I need it. I'm glad to know that you love and respect these things, Peter. There are so many who don't. They can live through the days and ignore this kind of heaven. It is astonishing. I would give my life several times over to be able to experience this whenever I wanted. You don't have this where you come from? Is it really as bad as you say? This makes it easy to forget. Do you feel a place in your time, Peter? I... I don't know. Sometimes I wonder if my life would be better if I had been born somebody else, living another life. But this here's the life I got. I try not to brood on it too much. I try to put myself outside my troubles. I become deputy sheriff so I could help folks. Just like Ridge. (laughs) This is my happiness. Helping people. Family and friends. Friends? You don't have friends? What about them others you come here with? 
We were very nearly a family. We were of one mind. We all wanted the same thing. We were joined in our quest to change the future. We needed each other to succeed. Is that family? I guess. Did you love each other? We understood love, but it was not part of our experience. We never saw it. I don't think love existed beyond the devastation. That's very sad. Maybe part of what you can do is make sure love survives. I saw a curious thing earlier, when Alice was so upset. What was it? The scientist. He reached to her. He took her hands in his own and they looked at each other. It seemed to calm her. Sure it did. That's not so strange. Why did he do it? I guess she was scared and he wanted to comfort her. Comfort? That's right. I I think Ray likes Miss Alice. A lot. His heart goes to her. He saw when she needed something. Maybe strength. Maybe support. Maybe just the feeling of another human being's warmth beside her. He wanted her to feel safe, maybe. Maybe not feel alone. And this is desired? Yes, sir. We can't just go through this world on our own. We need each other. People that turn their backs on other folks, well, I just feel sorry for them. There's no better feeling in the world than to make contact with another person. It's so foreign to me. In my time, we were brought into the world alone. We live alone, perish alone. Even if we are raised amongst thousands of others, there is no connection, no comfort. I think it is, I think it is something I mourn with the eight. We were brought together. We were connected by our passion for change. We were marked as a family. We were a whole. The eight were one. But somehow we have lost our way. I feel as though we have been lost to each other. I sense them on my skin, but somehow, since we have changed. Maybe we can find them. It's too dangerous for you to become any more involved, Peter. But I want to help. Because you are my friend, Peter? May I hold your hand? Why would you want to? Because I have never been comforted, and I need comfort because I have never had a friend until now. You are my friend, aren't you, Peter? Yes, sir, I am. Then I will take your hand. All right. Peter and I sat for a long time looking at the stars. Hours. I tried to memorize every moment. Should the time and the ability for me to transition away from this time... I will want to remember every detail. The sky isn't black, it's blue. The deepest blue imaginable. And the stars. The night is shot through with them. And the longer you look, the multitudes reveal themselves. The moon changes color and shape as it arcs across the sky. Insects fill the air with music. There is a sweetness as you breathe. It is easy to believe in God when you are wrapped in a night like this. Peter held my hand. Another feeling. When I lived, there was no human touch. It was like someone somewhere found out that contact changes everything. Warm, movement, a heartbeat. We sat in the back of Howard Tipton's truck. Peter eventually slept. I didn't. Yet, 
I was still visited by dreams. Feelings familiar and yet different. Faces I knew but weathered, aged, frozen in terror. They were waiting for me. The sun would be up soon. We got everybody bunked down last night. Normally, I would have spent the night curled up with Ridge, but it was best that I share that big old bed with Alice. We all had such a time. The house went quiet right off, and I drifted to sleep. And almost immediately, my head was full of dreams. Pictures that I didn't understand. Funny, I don't usually dream like that. So vivid. Like something was intruding upon me. I dreamt that I was in a large, clean, but ice-cold room. Soundless, but for the gentle hum of machinery. But something else. The gravelly rasp of somebody gasping for air. And what was there about the walls? Shapes. Shapes maybe I didn't want to look too close at. So funny. So many details. And I wasn't fearful. I felt strong. Ready to fight. Ready to fight. I woke up at 4.30, as usual, ready to get to the country boy and get the griddle on. And then I remembered. For the first time in my whole grown life, I would not be serving the town of Makepeace. And the funniest damn thought popped into my head. I thought, who am I? If I ain't serving grits and bacon at the country boy, who am I? Well, I didn't linger on that too long. I went to the kitchen, got the burner going, put on the coffee pot, and started doing what I do. Providing comfort. Because beyond all the puff and guff, that's who I am. Before long, the cabin begun to stir, and Ridge and Doc come in and join me. Morning, Lou. Smells like heaven in here, Lou Ann. Doc, Ridge, hope you boys are hungry. I'm doing eggs and sausage this morning. Toast, hash browns, coffee will be ready in a shake. Quite a nut last night. <laughs> you mind telling me what the hell you're so all fired chipper about? Ridge Frosero, you gotta be kidding me. That's the most excitement we've seen around make peace in, well, maybe ever. Car chases, getaways, hideouts, spacemen. Micah Angel ain't no spaceman. He is a future man. And I doubt that you'd be so tickled if it was your business and livelihood that was laid to waste by a bunch of armed thugs. Lou, we don't know for sure that the country boy has been harmed. You don't know who you're talking to, Doc. Long as I've known Lou Ann, she's had some kind of sixth sense. Ain't that right, honey? Something like that. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. I don't want to forget what a special gathering we got ourselves here. Michael Angel and the little girl in the other room pushing things around with their thoughts. And Lou looking at everything through her second sight. Ridge, you really gonna ask me why I'm so chipper? I feel like I found the lost city of gold. Hey, remember last night? Lou called it. She told us them soldiers were heading our way before they ever got there. That she did. Well, Lou, you think them jackboots took a torch to the country boy? Doc, I get feelings. Pictures in my head. It's all a little fuzzy right now. All I know is I'm feeling mighty unsettled this morning. Mostly because I just ain't 100% certain about anything. Morning, y'all. Morning, Alice. Come on in. Breakfast will be on the table in no time. Thank you, Miss Bellman. 
I- I've got something to say first. Where's Ray? He's uh, over yonder in the gents. I'll fetch him. Thank you, Ridge. You get some good sleep last night, young lady? Yes, strangely enough, I slept very well. Come on out when you get a chance, Ray. Will do. That's right, honey. Why, you hardly stirred all night. No, ma'am. Hey there, Alice. Ray, have a seat over here. There's something I need to say to y'all. What's on your mind, Alice? Well, I hardly know where to start, but I will say this. I'm... I'm terribly embarrassed. I feel like I... I feel like... I don't want you to think that I'm... I, I, I want to never... Alice, you don't have to say anything about that. Ray, please, I feel like I need to try to explain. Alice, did you know I am a championship-level fly fisher? Excuse me? It's true, I like to fly fish. Whenever I get the chance to, I like to sneak away up to Wyoming or Oregon. I just stand in the water. I think, and I throw. Never had any trouble landing what I come for. And Doc over there, now, Doc does that... What do you call that, Doc? Origami. Paper folding. Learned it from a, well, a young lady down in Bossier City. Calms my nerves. Well, that's um, quite surprising. What I'm getting at, Alice, is we all have talents. Things we're good at. Things that set us apart. Things that make us different. And it's a good thing, Alice. You, you take that talent of yours. But by benefit of your mama and daddy, you have this gift. It ain't something I know too much about, you know, like loose talent. It seems like there's more and more every day I don't know too much about. What I do know is your talent saved Ray and my deputy last night. You also happened to save Mike Angel, someone who, when it is said and done, might end up saving us all. So you don't need to be embarrassed about a thing. The fact is you should be real proud. And I am most beholden to you. Well, thank you, Sheriff. Ridge! Ridge! What is it, Pete? Micah. He's gone. What are you talking about, son? Me and Micah. We camped out last night in the bed of the truck. He kept going on and on about the stars and the air and such. I fell asleep, and when I woke up just now, he was nowhere to be found. What's that fool gone and done, Ridge? Well, if you ask me... I'm asking. Well, if you ask me, the way he kept carrying on about them others he came here with, I say he's gone looking for them. But where? Could be any place. No. He knows. Alice? Micah knows. He can... He can feel where they are. Tell us how you know that, Alice. Say it out loud. Yes, Ray. I can feel it, too. Miss Alice, tell me where he is. Tell me where he is so I can go get him. Easy now, easy now, Pete. We're gonna do exactly what we said we were gonna do. We're gonna head into town, scope out the courthouse. Once I'm satisfied we got a lockdown on Makepeace, then we'll go looking for Micah Angel. Sun's going to be coming up soon, Ridge. We need to be heading out. All right, boys, let's load up the truck. And I am coming with you, Ridge. I think Doc and I need to swing by his office and pick up a few medical supplies. Ray, I need you to stay here. I need you to watch out for Luann and Alice. And that, Sheriff Prothrow, is the definition of entirely unnecessary. The last thing in the world Alice Tisdale needs is some man trying to protect her. Alice is strong, smart, and she is remarkably gifted. Thank you, Ray. And there is no doubt in my mind that these two ladies will be just fine without me getting in the way. Isn't that right, Luann? You bet your sweet backside, Ray Purcell. All right, then. You climb in the back with Pete. But I need y'all to stay down when we pull into the courthouse. I don't want to call any attention from outside observers. You think someone's going to be waiting for us, Ridge? Well, we both left our cruisers at the Country Boy last night, Pete. 
They'll be looking for us, dead or alive. And we need to get into that courthouse quick as possible, lest chance they'll come after us with a lot of witnesses around. Yes, sir. Let's head out, boys. Ridge, please be careful. I sure would like to see you again. I'll do my level best, sweetheart. See you soon, Alice. Take care, Ray. Well, ain't that fine. Here I am, marching into the jaws of certain death, and not a damn soul for me to say my goodbyes to. We ain't saying goodbye, Doc. We're saying see you soon. We need to get going. So long. Y'all don't be too long. I'll keep the coffee pot on for ya. There they go. Good luck, y'all. Alice, tell me something. You said earlier that you could feel Micah and what he was doing. That right? I've had a way of knowing things all my life, but this knowing has been extra strong since Micah's been near. There's something about the connection between him and my parents. It's like I shared this thing with Micah because my folks passed it on to me. I don't know. It's hard to explain. I see. And it can be awful confusing. Like I get these flashes. Like pictures. Pictures of what? Of Micah? No. It's something else. A place. I don't recognize it at all. What kind of place? It's a cold place. Dark. I think I dreamt about this last night. But I can't shake it. It's a big room. Perfectly square. Cement and steel. At the far end, there's a... Bed. A hospital bed. Why, yes. And in that bed is an old woman? Hooked up to machines. Her breathing is... Ragged. Choked. And even though she appears very weak, she is, in fact... Infinitely powerful. Her name... Her name is... Miriam. Miss Bellman? I see what you see. I see it, too. I don't know why, but I feel like I... We... Need to go there? It's very important. It's life or death. Where is it? Where is this room? I don't rightly know. But if this much has showed itself to us so far, you can bet your life there's more to come. What do we do? Miss Alice Tisdale, I don't know about you, but it plumb starches my britches that the men are out there saving the day and you and me are cooped up here looking at a pile of laundry and a sink full of dishes. Yes, ma'am. Me too. Why should they have all the excitement and fun just because they's men? Now that is a very good question, Miss Bellman. Alice, honey, I am taking off my apron. Yes, ma'am. I am taking off my apron and slipping into some Levi's. Alice, you want to take a little walk with me? Where will we go? Do you remember the path y'all took last night to get here? Yes, ma'am, I believe so. Well, that is mighty fine. Let's you and me take a hike. We got to see if we can find one of my dearest friends. Who's that, Miss Bellman? We need to go find an old girl that's been by my side for 20 years. We got to find an old girl that I could always count on when the chips was down. Who would that be? Yes, ma'am, we got to go find my Chevy. We got to find my Myrtle. I had not slept in 48 hours. I had remained at the refinery, waiting. Waiting on so much. The waiting had kept me from sleep. And yet I dreamt. Maybe not dreams, but pictures, feelings, images floating before my eyes. 
I knew, even as I left Miriam's side in the vault below, that Frank and his siege had failed. His arrogance, the main culprit. Had he listened to me for a moment, I would have assured him that with or without our help, Micah would find his way to me. Our seizing him from the transition site would have expedited our plans for him. But when you have waited 120 years like Miriam, what is a day? A month? No. All we really had to do was sit and wait. The gravity of the approaching event was almost more than I could bear. So many things converging at once. The arrival of the massive shipment from Houston. The commencement of the largest drill regiment in world history. The seizing of global power from this country. The beginning of the future. My future. Even though it took over a century to reach that moment, it was startling how quickly everything was moving. But there were a few loose ends to tie up. And I would tie those ends so tightly, even the blood would stop circulating. Look, I got something to say, and I'm only going to say this once. He's gone. Gone? Yes, damn it, gone. I don't know what kind of tricks that boy's playing on us, but he cleared out before we could lay hands on him. And he took 20 of my best men in the process. Miriam was right. His gifts are strong. What in the hell are you talking about? Who's Miriam? Leave it. Micah knows to look for me. He will be making his way here in no time. I need your focus elsewhere. There is another issue more pressing. Our shipment from Houston will be arriving shortly. Millions of dollars worth of chemicals, equipment, and technology is winding its way up the interstate even as we speak. They should be arriving here in Makepeace in just a few hours. We need to make sure the way is cleared for them. I got the highway patrol and two dozen squad cars at my beck and call. All I need to do is issue the command. Do you think that is enough? We need protection. One false move. One bit of leaked information and we're finished. I need something else from you. What would that be? I need you to make the population of this whole county disappear. Wise County. Evacuate Wise County. Can you do it? We have worked too hard and too long on this to risk exposure. I got a few tricks left up my sleeve, sweetheart. How about this? Hello, Mr. Commissioner. This is Mayor Lassiter over the refinery. Mr. Commissioner, I regret to inform you that there has been a horrible, horrible accident out on the interstate. An accident which has released a catastrophic amount of... What kind of chemicals are you shipping up in here, sweetheart? Benzene, among other things. A catastrophic amount of benzene into the air. I'm afraid, Mr. Commissioner, that what we got in our hands here is an unnatural disaster. We need to clear out every living soul out of Wise County. Call in the militia if you need to. National Guard, whatever muscle we got. I'm keeping highway patrol and local law enforcement with me. Yes. We'll get them masks. I need y'all to move quickly on this. We must have the county completely evacuated by noon. Yes, Mr. Commissioner. By noon. Thank you. Impressed? A little. I would have been even more impressed if we had Micah in our custody. But we just have to wait. He will find his way to me. You sure about that? Of course. And once he gets here, what? He helps us create this computer system, is that right? Yes, in a way. And that system, along with the drill regiment, that's going to put us in charge? In ways you wouldn't even understand. I've put a lot of trust in you, sweetheart. 
I don't usually do that. You won't be disappointed. I better not be. So, what became of your right-hand man, Scorpio Blank? He's dead. Really? Unfortunately, he didn't survive last night's raid. It seems our boy Micah did one hell of a job on him. Shame. Who's to say that boy won't do the same kind of job on us? Don't worry yourself. Micah is strong, but I command an even greater power. You see, sugar, I have a few tricks left of my own. Micah and me had stayed up for a long time that night talking. He wanted to know everything. About Makepeace, about my family, about the world. He must have asked a million questions, and I did my best to answer as many of them as I could. I don't know, it, it seemed like he needed to know everything, and, and I was proud that he asked me. He could have asked Doc or Ray. They are both way more smart than me. But he didn't. He asked me. He said I was his friend. And I was. I had a whole bunch of dreams that night. I'd never been very good at understanding what they meant. I dreamt that I was a hundred feet tall. It was raining cats and dogs, and I was moving real slow like across the countryside. Thunderheads were moving in and out, and lightning was bouncing off of me and around me. People was looking at me, pointing, screaming, and running from me. And they hollered, he'll kill us, he'll kill us. I tried to tell them that I was not bad. I was just me, just me. But they ran. Nobody would turn to me and say a kind word. They were all so scared. And I was just me. Gosh, it was a horrible feeling. Then the sky cleared and everything went blue and gold. A light shone on me from above. A hand, bigger than my own, reached to me from the light. I had no fear and the horrible feeling melted away. I took the hand and breathed in. A wave of calm came over me and I felt peaceful. For the first time ever, maybe. When I woke up, Micah was gone. He hadn't said goodbye, and I was plenty worried. Later that morning, me and Ridge, Doc and Ray, we all arrived at the courthouse. Ridge asked me to go check to see if our cars had been impounded while he and the others did a little snooping around. Anybody down in the coroner's office, Doc? Not a soul. I bet I ain't passed more than a handful of people in these hallways. Real quiet. Unnatural, if you ask me. Where'd Ray run off to? He said I needed to find a phone, call over to the schoolhouse so people wouldn't get suspicious come looking for him. Here comes Pete. Hey, Ridge. Sure enough, all the cars have been impounded. As far as I can tell, they hauled them all in. Both our squad cars, Doc's, Ray's. I think they even got Alice's out there. Good work, Pete. Well, I'll, uh... I'll go have a word with Sue Ballard down at the desk and get her to surrender the keys. Already done, Ridge. I got them right here. Good work, Pete. Weird, though. It's quiet as a tomb down there. The rest of the deputies are gone. No highway patrol, no nothing. I asked Sue where everybody was. She said Mayor Lassiter came in around 6 o'clock hauling up a storm and cleared them all out. Ain't hardly nobody up here either, Pete. Like a ghost town. Them that are around look like nothing at all happened to make peace last night. Times like this, I can really appreciate that old saw, ignorance is bliss. I feel like today, the more you know, the deeper you're standing in cow flop. Here comes Ray. Hey, y'all. I was just down the hall calling the school. What'd you tell him, Ray? 
Well, I didn't have to tell him anything. Now, the school's closed till further notice, whatever that means. Anyway, I, I was standing by the stairwell down there and I heard some gals talking. I guess they were from the mayor's office. Anyways, they were saying that Lassiter was out of pocket for the rest of the day. Says he was all fired up about a convoy of 30 18-wheelers heading in to make peace from Houston. They said they thought maybe they was heading out to the Omega. That's a hell of a delivery. What do you think it is, Ray? Well, quite a suspicious coincidence, if you ask me. Mike Angel comes to make peace, nearly gets us all killed. The mayor's gone missing, and then this? It's gotta add up somehow. Alice said Lassiter's in thick with that Lydia Vosberg over at the Omega. He's gotta be mixed up in this somehow. I think you hit the nail on the head, Ray. I bet that's why it's so quiet around here. I bet Lassiter's got the whole squad out there in the interstate ushering in that convoy. Hey, Kurtwig, is that you? Oh, hell, it's Deborah Joe Lassiter. The mayor's daughter? What's she hollering after you for? Yeah, seems old Pete here has been carrying on with that sweet young thing. Well, that ain't so. We've been out to the picture show a couple times, but it's been all her doing. I had nothing to do with it. Pete! Persistent, huh? You ain't got no idea, Doc. Deborah Joe is harder to get rid of than a wad of bubblegum on the bottom of your boot. Pete, I know you can hear me! What'll I do, Ridge? Well, now, now hold on. This might work to our advantage. Maybe you can get a little information out of that darling girl. Information? I see where you're heading, Ridge. Sure. Pete, you can get that little filly to tell you where her daddy's at and what he might be up to this morning. And where her daddy's at, you can almost guarantee Michael Angel may not be too far away. Well, all right. Pete! I don't feel so good all of a sudden. Get on over there. We'll head down to my office. You meet us there and don't drag your feet. Believe me, I won't. Doc, Ray, let's go. Hey there, Deborah Joe. Don't you hey there me, Pete Hurtwig. Didn't you hear me calling to you? Half a wise county heard you calling to me. Well, where have you been? First you stand me up for breakfast yesterday, and then you totally disappear. I have been by that dinky little room of yours about 500 times, and now all of a sudden you just show up out of the blue. I work here, Dee. You know that. And sometimes I can't just run off and play picnic with you because I got important police business to do. Now, I thought you understood that. All I understand is that I'm getting real tired of playing second fiddle to the police force. Well, I am sorry, Deborah Joe, but that is the way it's going to be. All right. Well, what if I just took care of that right now? What do you mean? I mean, it wouldn't be nothing for me to go talk to my daddy and have you fired. Then you wouldn't have to worry about your precious deputy duties. Oh, you would do that, would you? Yes, I would. Well, I'll tell you what. Let's go have a little talk with your daddy right now. I'd like to watch you tell him to fire one of his deputies for not escorting his little darling to the Dairy Queen enough. You are plumb mean, Pete Hurtwig. I will have that talk with Daddy as soon as he gets back here to the courthouse. Well, where is he now? Where do you think? He's out there at the Omega Refinery. Seems like he spends every doggone minute he's got out there. And from what I can tell, he's keeping company with that awful gal who runs it. Oh, he does, does he? Yeah, that horrible Lydia Vosberg. Oh, she is so stuck up. She thinks she's better than everybody. I hate her. Look, Deborah Joe, I really am sorry I keep putting you off. Things have just gone from bad to worse since the blackout the other day, and I got to do my duty. Now, I will call on you later. Well, see that you do. And another thing, Pete Hurtwig, just so you know, I ain't gonna wait around forever. Armin Stanley from over at the filling station has been circling me like a hungry one-eyed chihuahua around the breakfast table, and I just might relent. Well, you just do what you gotta do, Deborah Joe. I'm on the clock. Well, fine. What the heck? Pete, Pete, what is that? Air raid siren. 
usually goes off for a test third Tuesday of the month. This is only the seventh. Oh, Pete, I'm scared. What the heck? Why does everybody look so panicky? Hey, look, here comes Fred Folks from Dispatch. He's in an awful hurry. Fred! Hey, Fred! Can't stop now, Pete. I gotta get this dispatch over to the radio and TV station. What is it, Fred? What's the panic? Well, I just got this bulletin across my desk. Seems there was a road disaster out by the refinery not ten minutes ago. Five or six 18-wheelers all piled up. Anybody killed? Not yet, son. That's what we're trying to avoid. Them tankers was full of benzene. And they don't know for sure, but it might even be anthrax. Holy cow. Mayor Colin has ordered a complete evacuation to make peace, and then some. Every 200 square miles of it. My daddy is out there at the refinery. Is he okay? Yes, ma'am. He wanted me to tell you specifically to get in your car and head to McKinney. Thanks, Fred. I appreciate the info. Oh, Pete, what are we going to do? I got to get to Ridge and let him know what's going on. Probably need to start getting folks loaded up and out of Megpiece. I'll see you later, D. I got to go. What about me? You heard the man, D. Get in your car and drive. It took some doing, sweetheart, but it's all happening. Just like I told you. Highway Patrol, state troopers, the whole nine yards. They'll have the county swept clean in no time. And the shipment? In dry dock. Pallets loaded, transport set. Each group ready to relocate to position. Good. I've advised the foremen to begin construction immediately upon arrival. The pad site must be functional within 24 hours. Then the drilling can commence. They also know to work in shifts. We will not have a moment to spare. Are any of the team aware of the method by which we evacuated the area? They've been told. Enough. The air raid sirens were a nice touch. Our tax dollars at work. Well, not our tax dollars, sugar. This is happening, Frank. It is really happening. 300 natural gas pad sites all going up literally overnight. The natives won't know what hit. And by the time they have figured it out, it will be too late. We will own the land and mineral rights to the entire Barnett Shale. These 300 pad sites are just the beginning. And no one will ever suspect. We'll be right out there in the open, right under their noses. How about a little celebration? What did you have in mind? Get your little fanny over here and find out. Are you kidding me? I didn't say anything about kidding. Look, you have to leave. Leave? Yes. I don't have time for any more of this. The fleet is heading out, and I need to keep my head in this game. No slip-ups, no wrong turns. This is my baby now. Our baby. All right. Our baby. You have done your part. Now it's my turn. Sugar. Please, go. You know it's a good thing I like you. People who tell me no have a way of getting hurt. Thank God. Now I can breathe a little. I need to set the monitors to the pad sites and do a sweep. System's up. Now we wait. I have told you I'm all out of time. We can continue this conversation. Frank? Hello? Frank? Are you there? Oh, for God's sake. Yes? Hello? Look, who is playing games with the intercom? Hello? 
Hello? Oh my god, who's there? Speak up! Who is there? Hello? I know you are there. Show yourself. Are you down there? Frank! Frank? Alice? Who's there? I can have security here in five seconds. Show yourself now! Fine, I'm going back to my office. I have a loaded revolver and I am calling security! No, 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 no. Frank! Frank! Who, who's there? Please. Please! No, the light. I can't see you. I can't see you. Stay away! Please. Please stay away. I can feel you near me. No. Please. Stay away. Stay away. Stay away. No! Lydia? What? No. Micah? And now, the dream is over. You have been listening to I-35 Radio Rep's production of The Scorched Earth, written and directed by Bruce R. Coleman. Sound engineering is by Richard Froelich. Music is by Gregory Lush. The I-35 Radio Repertory Company members are Heath Billups, Blake Blair, Bruce R. Coleman, Rick Espelot, Adrian Godinez, Lisa Ann Harum, Lee Jamison, Ariana Movisag, Max Swarner, and Dalen Walton. The I-35 Radio Rep would like to thank Stage, the Society for Theatrical Artists Guidance and Enhancement, for its generosity and support. Special thanks also to the Texas Radio Theater Company and Cat House Studios. Thanks for listening, and look for I-35 Radio Rep on Facebook and Twitter. Please join us next time for The Scorched Earth, Episode 7, Caught. Something doesn't seem quite right
imagine Cause the silence there Ain't no one else around the Lights have vanished In the darkness So I headed into town I have seen the skies And make peace Have you seen the skies there's something going on in Maypeace Something doesn't seem quite right I've waited all my life See the stars tonight. I've waited all my life to see the stars tonight. Have seen the skies and make peace. Have seen the skies tonight. Something going on in Maypeace Something doesn't seem quite right